0: We're on Hollywood Boulevard.
1: Vroom vroom. Yes, we're back. Happy January, everyone. Um, here to talk about some things pop so cultural.
0: Pop cultural. Pop cultural. So, what have you been happening because I feel like I have stuff, but I've completely forgotten what that stuff could be. So, this is all going to be you.
1: All right. So, it's me. Um, we are we're like pretty good right now about diving in and trying to finally catch up to some of the shows and some of the other year-end movies that we haven't been able to see before um so i feel like the next couple weeks i can just keep tossing out a couple more things uh that we caught up on what i said at the end of 2021 was um i was only going to talk about the things i liked the most and could be the kindest about
0: Okay.
1: Um. So now I can start that diving into some of the other things. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I don't love as much. That was a lie. <laughs> no. 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 I finished out 2021. I talked really highly about things like the movies Belfast and the Pizza Oh, that's true. That Morales.
0: was 2021. But yeah. now we're in 2022. Right. So, so, so you can there's just... there's right.
1: some Dookie left over, and I'm gonna talk about it. All right. Um. Okay. I'll talk about being the Ricardos, which is the the Lucy ah, movie yes. uh, with um, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem.
0: Now that's gotten that's been pretty buzzy, and it's I'm-
1: very buzzy. They've been doing. I don't know why no one else is following suit. They are everywhere promoting this, and, and the timing is right. Like the, it is a masterful campaign on Amazon's part.
0: Yes. So, um, does it live up to the hype?
1: Uh, I mean, not to me. No. no really? No. Okay, because no. this is no. so buzzy. Um, uh, so let me start by saying I think Lucille Ball is one of the great geniuses of Hollywood and one of the true original singular talents. I think she was great. I think her true life story has so many important chapters to it. Um. And so they lose me right off the bat in this movie written and directed by Aaron Sorkin by compressing her life into one week. I mean, I mean, we get the plot is takes five days during which we're supposed to learn everything about her as an actress and a businesswoman and a person and a wife and about her relationship with, um, uh, Desi Arnaz um, and everything about the show um, done through the prism of one week building up to the taping of one episode of the I Love Lucy show because of course it's Aaron Sorkin whose home base is always going to be the TV studio so mm. it always comes back to that whether it's the newsroom or sports night or Studio 60 or whatever um, and so there, are, there aren't really factual errors but there are like time and chronological conflations to make things more convenient. Um, It is true that during the course of the I Love Lucy show, um, she did get pregnant and it was written into the show. It is true that Lucy Ball was accused of being a communist and it was very scandalous. It is true that Desi Arnaz was a notorious drunken womanizer. All of those things are woven into the one week that we see them in this movie but that's not really the way it actually played out in Mm. real life and so we do get flashbacks we get a little bit of you know like some of the the capital e events that happened in Lucille Ball's career that led her to finally get the contract and get this show and to meet Desi and um they're they're not inaccurate but they're not really contextualized properly um which is not, like, the biggest deal. It's just there's, like, one demerit after another along the way here. And then I have to say it. Nicole Kidman is not and will never be Lucille Ball.
0: No. I I, th- I thought that, that, honestly, I thought that it was odd casting.
1: It It is odd casting. She cannot do the face, which is is lucille balls you know yeah, sort of
0: screw screwball she fit, cannot, yes, yeah yeah she
1: has very different rhythms and of course yep. i don't know why i i don't want to allege anything but i think that nicole kidman has done things to her face and mm. th- the eyes are totally different she cannot do all of the the period emoting that lucille ball did through her career but also the voice is different Instead of the upstate New York 1910s accent, you know, we get Nicole Kidman, Hollywood by way of Australia, which is different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you can say fine, then it doesn't have to be a facsimile of what Lucille Ball looked and sounded like. Except if you're going to do one of those singular talents like Lucille Ball, it should look and sound like Lucille Ball. Um, And, you know, for that matter, Javier, Javier Bardem is not Cuban like Desi Arnaz was, he's Spanish. Mm -hmm. That's also kind of inappropriate casting. He's actually (laughs) quite good, but he's completely wrong and too old on top of everything else for the part two. (laughs) I don't know. Um... Um. So if you know nothing about Lucille Ball but maybe just kind of liked the show, you'll probably gain something out of watching the movie. um If you know a bit about Lucille Ball's real life and career, then this doesn't really tell you too much. And what it does, it kind of uh, jumbles a bit. Um, but Nina if you're er- like a
0: super fan, like if you're a real fan of Lucille Ball, this is you're probably not gonna enjoy this. I don't this think it's what you. it sounds, what it kind yeah. of sounds like,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is this is like a 101 type thing. Like an alien maybe landed here and didn't know anything about <laughs> Lucille Ball. It's a start.
0: But I mean it's getting like, you know, the gold like
1: all it's, the... Uh, Yeah, she won a globe for best actress in kind of an upset over Christian Stewart for the Princess Diana movie. I mean, I don't like that movie either. We'll get to that in a subsequent podcast. But um <laughs> uh, but I mean like this is This is ridiculous. This could very well be Nicole Kidman's second Oscar. And that's like, there's 11 or 12 women that have two Oscar for lead actress. I mean, like it's to be on that list is, is, is quite bad.
0: I mean, and that's not to say that Nicole Kidman doesn't deserve an Oscar, but maybe not for this, right? Like she's a very good actor.
1: And she's proven in the last 10, 15 years to really be one of like the, the top, hollywood actresses and i mean that in terms of of not just celebrity but talent um but not this really this is subpar this movie and case in point there's a very good performance in here which is nina arianda who comes from broadway originally um she's vivian vance she's the ethel mertz portrayer in this and she gets it she gets the period she gets the rhythms she gets the look like she really could play a right. Hollywood actress in the 1950s. Um, Maybe and she should have been Lucy. <laughs> she, and that's exactly my point. <laughs> she could have and should have been Lucy. Obviously, they wanted a star, but uh, you would have done much better by by casting her in your uh, titular co-role. I don't know. Um, yeah, too long to read. The movie's not very good. It might win an Oscar. Okay. <laughs>
0: Moving on, you know that is kind of a bummer about Nina Arianda because this could have been like sort of because you know how sometimes okay yeah you want a star but sometimes if it's if the project's good enough it can just break like it can break out an actor you know yeah, it can be that's their exactly breakout right. role yeah. and maybe this could have been it for Nina Arianda
1: yeah I mean they were going to put the money into it no matter what so you build a star instead of capitalize instead on a star.
0: Of, exactly exactly but, you,
1: you know they've you know Hollywood has played both sides of that game for since the beginning. Yeah.
0: What do I know? I didn't watch it. I have no interest. I love Lucille Ball. I, I don't have any interest in watching. Them. I guess I guess I don't really like biopics, I guess. It's
1: it's hard to do them and to avoid like the cliches of a biopic. Yeah. But, but what I think the modern uh temptation to avoid those cliches is is to do a tight window of time to try and tell the whole story. So a good example of that is we were talking about The Crown last week. Peter Morgan also did The Queen, the movie with Helen Mirren as Queen Elizabeth that preceded it, which is the couple of days following Princess Diana's death. That's actually a really successful thing because you get everything about the Queen and why she reacted the way she did and how how it backfired. And you learn you you intuit emotionally and historically her life and how she got there and and the why and the how of all of it. Um, then you get, say, Judy, the movie with Renee Zellweger from maybe two years ago, and it's a couple days in the life during her last year. And then you get a bunch of characters just. Expositing information about her whole life. It's artless. It doesn't work as well. And that's what's happening here. You right. have Aaron Sorkin talking through his characters. Um, there's also a conceit where some of the surviving backstage people on the show are talking to the screen, reflecting back on 50, 60 years ago and what happened during that week in question. Um, but it's never made clear who they're talking to. Like, is this. It's kind of like in Modern Family, the conceit was they're talking to the camera. But who is the camera? What is being filmed and for what? So, like, I don't even understand that conceit. Mm-hmm. Um, But yes, the thing is now, like, we're not going to do a rags to riches, birth to death thing. People kind of try and avoid that as a biopic. And I'm like, if you're going to do the bio, like show me the whole life show me where they came from and how things changed and and the ups and downs of it all
0: yeah or yeah, don't do it. yeah
1: yeah yeah oh well um, so that's being the ricardo's so if you do want to watch it it's available on amazon if you don't want to watch it life's too short anyway
0: <laughs> uh, aye, okay
1: I what want to talk. You want to talk about another movie? You won't be able to see it at least for a while because it's not streaming anywhere. Um, but it's a, a foreign language film that's making the waves—a Japanese film called *Drive My Car*. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's actually done kind of incongruously well. It's won Best Picture from three of the major film critics groups. Uh, won a Globe for their international film or foreign language film whatever the category is called nowadays um and it's adapted from a short story by a a really decorated writer named haruki murakami oh yeah
0: um yeah it's
1: it's about a japanese theater actor who is married to a screenwriter early in the film she passes away um and then after a period of time, he travels to Hiroshima because he is directing a production, like a multi, uh, a multi language, a, a multicultural really production of Uncle Vanya. Because there are, we see them. They cast people that speak various languages. There are Japanese and Korean and hearing impaired people who signed that are signed, um, some of these some of these roles. Um, And he also had, this character, um, Yusuke, has glaucoma. I'm not sure if that's the reason why or not. But either way, the theater company for whom he's working assigns him a driver. Because there's been an incident in the past where someone in the company hit and killed someone. So to ensure themselves, they don't let their talents drive themselves. And his thing is... Uh, even though he's not really acting, he's just directing. He has recorded, um, or his wife, his late wife, has recorded dialogue from Vanya. So he goes, he stays at a hotel a great distance away from the theater because he spends the trip to and from listening to her recorded dialogue. Um, and then he fills in some of the male characters' dialogue uh, in concert, sort of like interacting with the recorded um, other dialogue from from the show so now it makes it a little it's it's meditative for him it's focused for him that sort of thing um and but now he can't do it alone he's required to have a driver and a young 23 year old woman who herself comes from a background of uh uh, pain and of loss uh is she's assigned to drive him so she drives him while he listens to and uh you know like recites dialogue back and forth with, with the show. Um, And over the course of the movie, which is exactly three hours, um, you know, it's a lot of him meeting and interacting with some of the other people in the theater company and the players who are cast in this version of Vanya, including a younger Japanese television actor. I mean, that's the character Um, who we have reason to believe the dead wife had been having an affair with. It forces our main character to confront a lot of things. Uh, And then ultimately, we finally learn more about uh, The Driver uh, as well. Um, It's a gentle movie. I'm not sure it justifies its full running time. I found it kind of repetitive. There's a 30 minute sequence that actually acts as essentially the cold open for the film before we even get to the opening credits. And that's where we see him with his wife before she has passed away. Um, And then there's not one, but maybe two or three different times in the movie where we have our lead character repeat to us, the audience as he talks to several other characters All the things we already know, because they're all the things we've already seen and all the things we've already watched him talk about during that cold open. So economical, it is not. I find it a little (laughs) ironic that a short story wasn't just adapted into a film, but was adapted and padded into a 180 minute film.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, it looks like it's on track for an Oscar win.
1: It does seem to be. I mean, this is one, and we'll find out, I guess, in a couple of weeks, there's a lot of talk that this could be in the, the best picture list in addition to the foreign uh, or international film list. I mean, I think this is going to win the, that international category. It's just a question of what of the other major categories it might stumble into. Um, I think the most recent critics group was the National Society of Film Critics, which also gave it a Best Actor award. I mean... I don't know that it will really get into some of those other categories, but it's on many of, you know, the year-end best lists, and uh, I do think it will be this year's international film. Uh, It is strikingly beautiful, you know, the imagery, the sound, that sort of thing. I'm very, I probably would have been bored if I saw it in a theater, but to watch in the comfort of my home was a little, the experience was a little different.
0: Yeah, three hours is.
1: And I have to say, we broke it up.
0: We yeah. watched well, it over two to. different days. I mean, you kind um, of have to. I mean, for th- I mean, I don't know. Then again, you're talking. I mean, I will sit down and watch all the Lord of the Rings movies, even the expanded version. With yeah, the really this, scenes, isn't, right? this isn't this like... isn't
1: that. You know, like I'll watch Lawrence of Arabia straight through because I think that's brilliant and riveting. Um, and this, like, it hits some soothing emotional notes. I don't know that it's really reinventing anything. Okay. Uh, glad I saw it. Not the worst thing I've seen. Um, but it, for me, it doesn't rank. When I, you know, I listed some of my favorite movies from last year, like, say, Belfast and, and Licorice Pizza and stuff. This doesn't rise to this, that. This would not This would not be in my own personal top ten.
0: This doesn't go in the top ten. Okay.
1: Um, it's in theaters. I'm sure it's going to have an expanded release. I'm not sure how long before it winds up, like, on Hulu or something. Probably a matter of months, not longer. So, so if you are listening and are so inclined, that's that's drive my car. Okay. And then I just wanted to turn my attention to something on TV that we ended up watching. A little behind the curve here, but um, we're behind with everything uh, on Apple TV. But, um, but we finally watched the first season of The Morning Show, which was a big flagship show.
0: Yeah, it- I've not watched this yet, so I'm curious what you think.
1: I don't know if you are going to love it, but it's very easy to watch. Okay. Um so here's the here's the thing. It's a little too mass appeal for its own good. It's a it's very Aaron Sorcony, to be quite frankly. So have quite frank, um though he's not involved with this. It is uh I don't know how much you knew or remembered about the like initial premise, but it's a morning show. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell play the the anchors, and at the very beginning, the Steve Carell character, who is reminiscent of Matt Lauer, has been fired for you know untoward sexual harassment and other acts. Um, and as part of a complicated power play, Jennifer Aniston actually makes makes sure that an unproven southern anchor from virginia played by reese witherspoon uh, is the replacement and there's all sort of politicking going on between the two of them and behind the camera um some of the other honchos at the network that include billy crudup and uh mark duplass um and a, a like a bunch of other really good actors i'm surprised that I don't recognize more New York actors there because it seems to have been filmed here in New York about two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The ensemble was good, but it's very, it's very sanctimonious. It's very Mm -hmm. self-congratulatory. And it does, I don't think the second season, which had a long hiatus because of COVID and came back earlier this summer, um, it probably engineers new storylines but this first season is all about negotiating with the me too movement from a bunch of different angles and it just felt a little superficial to me because like this is still an apple (laughs) created show Mm -hmm. which like with huge stars um and i i'm just uh, i can't imagine there's not some degree of hypocrisy there um but I have to say, my um, fiance will completely disagree with me. She actually really likes Reese Witherspoon on the show. I, I thought she's okay, um, but actually, like I liked watching Jennifer Aniston on the show, and uh, Alyssa couldn't stand her, neither the character uh, I think nor the performance. Um, and I liked it because, like. Th- Jennifer Aniston isn't really just playing like a fictitious Katie Couric or Savannah Guthrie. like They give some real edge to the character, and I think she meets it really well. Mm. Um, But I ultimately don't think either of the female leads is gritty enough. Because again, they don't want to alienate. They want to draw in viewers. This was how they launched the whole network. Um, I do think Steve Carell is miscast. I don't think he can really play the the role that they have created which is a character of like unbound ego um capable of doing really unspeakable things and and i just think some of his rhythms don't match that okay um and i'm probably leaving other cast members out um now that i think about it but by and large i really like the rest of the cast um but yeah, it does feel a little self-satisfied about how it spoke to the Me Too movement. Um, having said that, I enjoyed it. I mean, I couldn't stop. I didn't want to stop going from one episode into the next. So there's something to be said for enjoying what you watch.
0: Yeah, there is. I don't know. I I have a I feel like I have a block when it comes to Jennifer Aniston never really got into the friends thing so I know that everybody no, I, was I, like I never
1: thought you uh, would have
0: yeah yeah it just wasn't my thing um, although you know I kind of like like the few episodes I watched I was like oh yeah it's kind of fun but it wasn't like one of those things where I was like I have to go home and watch this you know no. um and I and there were actually very few in that sort of like heyday of the sitcoms, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I guess Seinfeld had I, maybe for a minute I felt like that, but the one that I really did like watching was Mad About You. That was like the oh, only one out of coming out of that era um, that that I enjoyed watching, and I, I would watch regularly. Um, but but yeah, so. I just, and I've watched her in some of some movies, like the independent movies that she did, and I always thought that she was cute in those, you know. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. I have like, I really feel like I have a block with her in terms of watching her work. She's not somebody I line up to see, and it's, and I'm not. Yeah, and I know and a and lot I'm, of
1: people who who would share that.
0: You know, and oddly, like I'm Team Jen. You know, like I, I think I genuinely think she's probably a very nice person, and I was genuinely upset that Brad Pitt left her for Angelina Jolie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? like I was Team Jen, but I'm just not. But I'm not like a fan of her work. It's just so weird,
1: right? I, I don't know that it's that weird, and I don't think you're alone. My thing is a like in stages. So I didn't like Friends at all at first, and I didn't really care for her. But by and large. I like kept up with the show as it was on the air. And it's one of the shows that I always refer to the writing continually got better Mm. for those first few seasons. And yeah, it really did become the Jennifer Aniston show. It really kept getting more to be more and more about Rachel, her character, but she met every challenge head on. I mean, she proved to have a really great, uh, sense of comic timing and physical timing. Um, so I was impressed by her. She won me over. She had to win me over, but she did. And I just feel like I can't say she's a great actress along the lines of fill in the blank when you think of of greats. I mean, no, she's not Frances McDormand. She's not Meryl. She's not whoever you want to say. Um, but I think because so much of her life and her stardom is wrapped up in her personal life and she's taken a lot of star parts, it's easy to write her off. This was actually a similar problem that Julia Roberts had in the mid nineties. Um, and, and yet when I watch her in things, I buy her. I don't think her line readings are off or unconvincing. I think the intonation of her delivery is often spot on. You know, like I'm not crying cause she get, never got nominated for an Oscar or anything like that, but she doesn't bother me. Her Jennifer Aniston I keep expecting it to get in the way. Of me as I watch her and mm-hmm. and it Doesn't but that sometimes does happen with Reese Witherspoon and for me that did kind of Happen mm-hmm. with Steve Carell here too that's So
0: funny because I love Reese Witherspoon And I will watch her and th- this isn't a knock About Aniston because I do think she's very talented It's just for some reason I don't really Like I just kind of can take Or leave her performance but I will say the exception Is Puddin love Oh,
1: oh yeah Dumplin', Dumplin Dumplin
0: Dumplin but she called did she call her Puddin She might have She might maybe? maybe she called her Dumplin I don't remember Dumplin. I like to call her puddin, apparently. But Dumplin, she was she was actually quite good in that and I feel like and I almost feel like it was because she was kind of allowed to play almost against type, where she was an aging beauty queen. And I don't think that that Aniston has even been allowed to portray somebody who might not be conventionally attractive.
1: No, well she doesn't on this show. No, she never does.
0: Um, you know, and even though she still looked fantastic in Dumplin', there was this undercurrent of over the hill, too yeah, old. Yeah, you know, and I and yeah. I actually was very, um, and I I was I was really actually touched by that, and I thought that she did that really well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think she did too.
0: So yeah, so I don't really understand why I have that block with her where I don't. I'm like, I like her well enough, and again, like I don't really have a problem with her work. I don't think she's I don't think she's Meryl Streep for sure, but like, she's not somebody that I'm go, Oh, I can't, I just can't watch her on screen. Like they're just like, you know, like, like Hillary, Hillary Swank. I can't watch her. I just, but, um, but I don't feel that way. But for some reason, I just don't feel compelled to watch her stuff.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I don't know. I won't tell you to rush and watch it. But you are paying for Apple TV these days. I know. So I am paying for
0: Apple TV. I'm just too lazy to log in.
1: It's not. Um. If you if you're logged in at some point, I know that's a big hill to climb. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I have to say, ultimately, I recommend it. Obviously, we took our time getting to it, but we want to watch the second season sooner rather than later now. Okay. So, um.
0: I mean, look, we're so running out of shit to watch. I never thought I'd say that, but we really are. Like, we're like... Uh, we
1: um are not. Okay.
0: <laughs> like, I feel like we're just... Well, you know, I think... Well, you and Alyssa have, like, similar sensibilities. You're, you Do you know... Like, I don't know. Sometimes watching TV with my family, we're all so different, you know?
1: I, I uh, can I can understand.
0: So it's like... I get that. You know, nobody will watch, like, the weird well, shit with me. Well, let
1: me tell you... I don't think this is weird shit, but... Have you watched the newest season of Cobra Kai?
0: I've only watched a couple episodes. Okay. And so I, have
1: we we have I, we're just about maybe not quite halfway in. So I think uh
0: I want to keep watching it, but it's one of those shows that, like, right now we're into, like, we're so into the crown at the moment that it's like that's the. One oh, that's so are you? I time. guess
1: yeah. Let's let's touch base on that. So you had seen the first three seasons last week. Yes, right? we are now into. So season now you're four. in the you're in the big Charles and Diana season.
0: We're in the Diana season. Are you liking yes. it? Yet? I am we just watched the episode where um the guy broke into the the guy that broke into the palace which was such a bizarre story and i was and i and anthony was like i don't remember that happening and i don't either i know it did happen but i don't like i feel like it really maybe wasn't news here i
1: i I, I mean i would have been too young but i never heard stories about that at all so i don't think it probably also the news was different 35 40 years ago so now that news would have traveled everywhere but back then not not as much
0: not as much for sure so yeah i mean it was kind of cool i mean so we're up to diana um they're they're not making her as sympathetic as i thought that they were going to
1: what's so interesting is (laughs) how i found that i thought they did
0: i mean i don't want to say that she's not unsympathetic i mean i i i feel like she was a child brought into a very bad situation yeah yeah um so in that way like yes i feel very sympathetic towards her but i also think that there's god how do i how do i put this there's a sense of her being a little bit Maybe – I don't know if manipulative is the right word, but it was very clear that she wanted to marry a prince.
1: That's so funny because I have thought that in life, but I'm not sure that I thought that was conveyed in the season. But I I wanted it to be conveyed in the season. I felt like it was conveyed in the season. So if you're picking up on it – Yeah,
0: I I felt like it was conveyed And I never thought that that was true in life. I never got the impression that she came into this where she was like, I want to. But again, I don't know much of their backstory. It was like all of a sudden there was this, you know, all of a sudden we had we had Lady Diana uh, who had the affections of the prince. Right. Like that was sort of like I don't so I don't really know the story leading up to it. But what I. So so maybe I'm completely wrong, but I never got that in real life. She was like making moves towards Charles, not because she fell in love with Charles, but because she fell in love with the idea of with, the with the
1: monarchy and, and with being a monarch. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that was sort of which I was not anticipating. Um, that so if it is if that is like, and I mean, why wouldn't it be true? Maybe it was, but I just that was something that I I didn't I didn't realize, and so watching it was kind of. Like, oh, wow. And then also, I just thought it was hilarious that she was roller skating through the palace. That oh, honestly.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, like, why was the queen ignoring
1: her? No, yeah, because this is how the queen was, this right? This is just how it was. She right? was cold I, and distant yeah. and imperious.
0: I mean, I guess, like, back, like, I couldn't, I, that's where I felt actually, okay, so I did have a lot of sympathy. Like, so here's this 18-year-old girl who actually seems a lot younger than 18. Yeah. And you're kind of plucking her away from her friends and dropping her into Buckingham palace and in her own apartment. And she's alone the whole time. Yeah. How awful Just they didn't and lonely care. and alienating and horrible. And hor- it was, it was almost like, it was almost like she was like, uh, you know, uh, like she was kidnapped and <laughs> they were yeah. holding her for ransom, you know? <laughs> You know what I mean? So I don't know. I felt, I so that that I felt terrible. And I was like, God, you know, imagine like this is your life. And apparently, I guess from what they showed, she didn't want to go through with the wedding.
1: Yeah, I think that really happened.
0: And and yet she was she was basically forced to go through with it. And so, like, this this was a marriage that was doomed from the start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't think anyone thought. It would actually end in divorce. It would just end in misery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, one thing that I found really interesting through, like, watching this is, like, you know, how they're talking about how, um, you know, William and Harry are going to change the face of the monarchy. um, And or even or even before that, it was Diana was changing the face of the monarchy. Right. Like they they were going to bring revolutionize it. They were going to bring it into this and that. You know what? I don't think Queen Elizabeth gets enough credit
1: no but i i think that's the beauty of the show right
0: right they're finally giving her the credit yeah. like i have to say like i never th- i like the last thing i imagined watching the crown would be like hot damn that queen elizabeth is a hell of a broad like i would have never like, <laughs> I know, i'm glad that ends up being a takeaway yeah like that's my takeaway <laughs> never thought i would I never imagined it but i'm just like whoo and margaret thatcher god what a nightmare
1: Oh yeah, ugh, yes, ugh.
0: Ugh. but um, but yeah, so so far, still really good.
1: I'm glad you'll be all caught up very soon.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm. It's sort of like flying through it, and then we'll be able to like go back to Cobra Kai. I mean, that was something we were watching with Sid, but I don't know. She's not that into it now, right now, and I don't know if it feels like it's I don't, like more of the same
1: uh so yeah there's a little bit of that with me
0: right is that yeah. is that kind of happening right now which yeah. which sucks because i really do enjoy the show and i think it's great fun and there's a nostalgia element to it that i love but it kind of felt like oh, we're, yeah in like, watching
1: the, the beginning i was like there's still fun here but i'm wondering if it has peaked
0: yeah, like like we need something new, and I guess they tried to bring like there was a Karate Kid three. I had no
1: idea. And- yeah, there is, and yes, they've. Um, so my thing is okay if they've already started moving into the Karate Kid three characters and mining from that. Uh, how much more can we have?
0: Right? Was there? I mean, does Hillary?
1: Well, that's the one where Hillary Swank came in. Oh. So Pat Morita was in that, but like, there's nothing else to do with Ralph Macchio or William Zabka. So I don't need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, I love William Zapka. Please give him more stuff to do. He's been so much
1: fun to watch. That would be the best uh, of all if finally that this show becomes a springboard for him to get some other good work, too.
0: Yeah, I really hope it is, because, I mean, that you would knock me over with a feather if, like, you had told me, you know, five years ago, I'd be like, more William Zapka, but here
1: we are. It would have been weird. It would have been weird, right? Like, in 2016 (laughs) or something, someone came up and said that to you? And I'd have been like, I completely agree.
0: What? But yes. Yeah. Yeah. More of him, please.
1: Uh, Here's hoping. Yeah, maybe by next week, I'll even be able to catch up on a bit more.
0: Mm. So, uh, oh, in other news, I should say, because I never do say... I released another book on Friday. Yay.
1: Yes, we meant it we overlooked it last week. You're right. So please toot your own horn a bit.
0: So it's book five in my LA Rockstar series. It is called Amazing. Free Falling and I tackle the Me Too movement. No kidding i do i do so this one was a little hard to write um because obviously i'm sort of like mining some very difficult territory here um but you know and i was very like nervous about releasing it because you know obviously when you're doing something that's that sensitive um a subject you can get just you know destroyed by readers um but uh but so far so good i mean the the response has been really great and some some of my readers are saying that like this is the best book out of the series oh that's awesome yeah like some like somebody emailed me over the weekend and she was like i love your whole series but this book oh my god wow you know so so i'm pretty i'm feeling i'm feeling like yeah okay like this sort of like did what it what it needed to do which i think was like really cool although i did get a bad review because they said that i have a potty mouth
1: uh fuck them
0: i know fuck you <laughs> they were, she was like this could have been a great book but she has such a potty mouth all right well you and know. i was like well welcome go read heidi it yeah yeah i was like welcome to 2022 right about rock stars what kind of language do you think they yeah. anyway um so yeah it's been um so this so this has been quite a ride so yeah it's called free falling and um and and it's out
1: yeah go check it out guys <laughs> but congrats, out. seriously congratulations thank you
0: thank you nobody is excited anymore when i release a book I'm excited for you. Thanks. I remember the first time it was like big celebration. I think my I think my family like made me a cake. Like they're like my very and now they're like oh you got it's another just book out. Mom does. Yeah. <laughs> no, was no, it's like it's just a thing mom does. It's like oh another book. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm just gonna celebrate at my daughter's birthday party on Thursday.
1: Well, there you go. So happy birthday in advance, Sid
0: yeah eighteen.
1: It's crazy. That is the craziest of all.
0: I know right? How did that happen?
1: I know our little our little guest critic
0: our guest critic
1: yes.
0: our guest critic um cool.
1: all right. well, congrats um, again. and you guys, um if there's other movies, TV shows, et cetera, et cetera, you want us to touch down on, just let us know. go to our uh, back on the block pod Facebook page and uh, hit us up.
0: In the meantime, I'm going to bed.
1: Yep, the yawn says it all. All right, you guys, stay well, and we will see you next week back on the Boulevard.